Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the State of Ethnic Address. I am, of course, the Egyptian <laughs> death machine, the medium caramel host and master of shithousery that is Aaron Nix. Joining me to discuss the wrestling news and ultimately spend about an hour talking about anime because that's apparently a thing. Like It's 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 not hentai, it's art, apparently. Yes! Yes! <laughs> Thank, thanks for that. Now that's stuck in my head, you shithouse. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, joining me is my, of course, dear friend and the much browner of the two of us and really filling out the ethnic quota, at least when Adam Lee's not around the orange bastard it is of course <laughs> the man who puts the wood in bollywood it's sad there yeah uh, baby thank you for having me again so i love it and you do emit stanley uh, stanley's energy from the office so you saying it's it's called it's called hentai and it's art really made me happy yeah i um i when you said stanley i thought what the marvel guy he's <laughs> i mean no, i do big... admit the same kind of energy because he's dead too uh, the, the, the big black dude from from the office who everybody's... the big black dude from the office yeah uh, who, who, who like everybody can relate to because he gives us that type of energy he's like, i don't want to fucking be here and he's like did i stutter well he's the one he's the one with the gif right where he's like yeah 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 him yeah yeah, yeah. i know him yeah like i am um, this is the american office right not the british yeah. one yeah. yeah. So some people have argued that the American one's better. I'm not entirely sure. I, I prefer the American one just because I find it a bit more funny. Even though the British one is hilarious. Like, Ricky Gervais is so good at that awkward type of energy humor where you're like, ooh, okay. Yeah. Afterlife, mate. <sighs> oh, I, Afterlife's one of my favorite shit because it's so heartbreaking, but I also love that the way he it's explained his beautiful, process. But it's, it's soul destroying. It's, it's like, the, oh, mate. Uh, it's the way he explained his process, which was like, this is the the show is what would I be if my wife died? I'm like, that's fucking heartbreaking. Very but powerful. All, but also so relatable at the same time, because you can see so many things that you can relate to in that show. Like, I relate most to, I'm, I'm terrible with character names, but I think it's in season two with the Indian girl who's at the desk and just says to him like, Tony, please don't kill yourself. Like I'm, I'm, I relate to that fully because I'm like, don't, don't, please don't. Like you're breaking my heart. <laughs> anyway, um, thanks to the state of depression address. Um, like when we talk about toasters, which my girlfriend has banned me from talking about. <laughs> good, good. Like, like, I've, not... I've got enough toaster on the brain when you met a shit I've had to go through in the last couple of months. Jesus. She's like, she's like, you're not allowed to talk about toasters or hair dryers. I'm like, okay. <laughs> All right, we need to find other electrical appliances. Get my air fryer in the bath, pal. Um, I'm going to get the George Foreman out, mate. Grill me to death. Grill me, hon. Grill me, George. Uh, at, least, at least it's that George and not the other one. Um, anyway. No, we can't go there. We can't go there. Where's anyway. Where's, where's Ebenezer? The Unforgiven Podcast. Oh, Ladies and gentlemen, so let's get into the rest of the news. So we start off with something a little bit near and dear to my heart and also something that is, well, frankly, quite... It quite yeah just just disappointing so uh obviously uh i'm very close friends with nani sapphire as everybody knows uh i will try and be as uh objective as possible with this um have you seen what nadia shared on her social media yeah, yeah as soon as you mentioned her name i'm like oh okay we're going we're going there well, like, uh, just to be clear story. i asked nadia's um consent to talk mm -hmm. about this on the air so we'll try and cover it in a more sensitive light <laughs> and i will try and i'll try not to threaten to bombard um, people with too much aggression absolutely. but uh so the Sun took it upon themselves, without Nadia's knowledge, to post a article which was spread across a number of their different platforms. The Sun in the UK, the United States, and Ireland and Scotland, I believe, a number of different places. 
Um, so initially, the article, now it should be worth pointing out this article that was done by M.A. Loreto. Your name's out there, so I have no problem mentioning you, you fucking scum pile, because ultimately you knew what you were doing when you wrote this. Now, they've changed the headline to further sort of benefit. Now, I believe that Nadi did ask for the headline to be changed. So the headline currently reads as pure power, female wrestler shares her workout videos, and men say she can ruin their lives. Now, originally, this article stated that she had said that, and that quote was acquitted to her, which then led to an unbelievable amount of fucking body shaming and violent abuse online. Hundreds upon hundreds of comments on their Facebook page, their Twitter, and a number of other places. So the article reads as this, very quickly, for context. <clears throat> a female wrestler has shown off her curves on social media, getting various comments from users and demonstrating that all body types can be physically fit. So it's been modified it's clearly been modified which pisses yeah. me off even more unfortunately the original article i do not have the hand now because well, no, just cowardice is what it is yeah. uh, the tiktok influencer often posts amassing a large number of comments from followers anyone who knows nadi will know she has hundreds of thousands of followers on social media um there's captions and a number of things uh actual uh tag has been put on here as well so that people can actually follow her which is good or bad depending on how you look at it i guess but it says here nadia has over two hundred thousand followers and often posts videos of herself wrestling working out and living her life she recently shared a video of herself talking to various men while dressed in a wrestler outfit which is similar to a bikini no it's not uh it's her not outfit is made fuck you <laughs> i'm mm. fuck not you them uh, yeah. her outfit yeah, is made out of a matching set of a short and top in various blue tones can't touch this reads the text over the clip uh, various people drop comments in the clip encouraging nadia's videos and praising her looks see again like yeah there are people doing that absolutely and yeah. credit to those people but best booty in wrestling wrote a follower not gonna lie i'll let her ruin my life shared a viewer uh, in a separate video nadia revealed her workout routine specifically showing the squats that allow her to build up muscle and curves the clip shows her lifting a weighted bar as she competes completes various squats She's wearing grey tights and a tight black top because apparently that's important. Captioning it, Bootay Building. Best TikTok ever wrote someone. Dang, wrote somebody else. Trust me, a lot of people have written that. Various women have used TikTok as a platform to preach body positivity and their experiences while working out at the gym. A TikToker named Shelby previously shared a clip of herself working out at the gym while battling body dysmorphia. No one ever talks about how hard it is to build a relationship with exercise that isn't about hating your body, reads the text over a clip. After you spent years obsessively losing weight, dieting and burning calories only to be the smallest version of myself. The video showed her working out vigorously and showing off her gains. So that sounds like a relatively positive article, but it's not actually the one that was originally there. Now, the big issue here is the fact that they've taken it upon themselves without any kind of legal discourse or without any kind of consent to write an article. Now, people are going to argue, well, she puts it out there on social media. That's fine. Fair enough. And if it was overwhelmingly positive, as the article would suggest in the first place, we wouldn't have an issue. Unfortunately, the original article essentially was a click and bait article, which was used and designed specifically to garner a reaction online, which it did overwhelming. Now, I'm not going to read them. Um, if people want to check out Nadia's social media, they can. There is some unbelievably hateful and hurtful shit. And as somebody who puts up with that quite a lot myself, not necessarily body shaming or i do get comments about that obviously people don't like my opinions or my gimmick because people can't tell the difference and that's their problem not mine 
um yeah i just wanted to generally voice my disgust as mm. everyone does on a weekly mm. basis it seems with the absolute shit rag and garbage fucking bullshit cartoon nonsense that the sun puts out there on a regular basis. the sun is such a shitty fucking news outlet it's trash, trash. pure it's the unadulterated bu- garbage it's you knew the- what you were doing mm. when you wrote this article let's not fucking pretend you mm. didn't um, and people are going to say, well, of course you're emotionally invested because she's your friend. I'll be emotionally invested mm-hmm. as any woman. Like, yeah. first of all, anyone who's seen Nardi Sapphire knows that, you know, it, it, from an objective standpoint, that is one a beautiful human being in every sense. That... And I have the real mm-hmm. pleasure of knowing that person personally and knowing mm-hmm. just how wonderful a human being they are. Somebody who has been there for me, who has always listened. Mm-hmm. We are besties for a reason. And, you know, to see that and to know that it's that easy to just construe what you like the fact that they've changed it is f- this is what fucks me off people will say oh yeah. they've changed it so no harm no foul no you no, shouldn't it, fucking put it that way in the first place you filthy little cunts any other fucking winds me up any other fucking newspaper would print up would do a retraction of be like apologies about that but not the sun because they're not fucking the sun, no. twats Bearing in mind that this, you know, they they're involved with an organisation that has, you know, been involved with wiretapping people's phones, and um, you know, this is stuff that you can freely research and find on the yeah. internet as well. I'm not fucking providing conjecture. Here. The Sun is fucking scum of the highest order. Yeah. They know they are. This is a this is a paper that took great delight in spreading lies about 96 people who lost their lives during the Hillsborough incident. So if you're a Liverpool fan, you know all about it. And the Sun is pretty much categorically banned in Liverpool for that exact reason because they plus are fucking trash. Plus the newspaper that had page free, which the I mean, like, you know, if you're a consenting model, fine. But yeah. ultimately, I'll tell you what, another thing that the Sun did, they had a countdown to when Hermione turns six. Yeah, you and you and Mark mentioned this, and I'm like, I That's fucking paedophilia is what like, that is. There's no, way, there's no way of getting around that. I forgot about that. Because I, I remember when Mark mentioned about Millie Bobby Brown, I was like, I remember that, and that's fucking gross. But I completely forgot about the Emma Watson one, because I think I was like, similar age maybe younger when imagine being going 15 on. going on 16 like um you know yeah she probably got paid an extraordinary amount for the harry potter films because she's an incredible actress yeah. but it's that thing of like imagine being that age it's and being funny. sexualized by a newspaper a national worldwide newspaper that's fucking sickening it's fucking like, a lot of these people who work at the sun probably have children you're okay yeah. with that are you you're okay working for a company like what the fuck is wrong with you people like shockingly and this is just sadly another in a million and one things that are wrong with this fucking pile of steaming shit and you know who's at the head of it rupert murdoch who probably sacrifices people at his altar and drinks virgin blood the fucking fruitcake by the way if i disappear you know why fuck that guy fuck Fuck thinks this is okay there there was two things that i wanted to say about nadia but i didn't want to interrupt you just meeting her that one time, her energy is so fucking infectious. It's palpable, mate. It's, it's palpable charisma. It still boggles me because it's like you see other people in the ring and it's like, okay, they can do the cool moves that make you question. I question how much energy she has because I see I'm like, how are you this fucking energetic 24-7? It, it, it boggles my mind. I'm like, how? She's a beautiful, healthy human being who is easily an inspiration to all of us yeah. who 
get a chance to work with her. Yeah. I'm very blessed. I get to, you know, donate my time to wrestling society and help out with videography and stuff off my own back and things. And, you know, like it's, it's fucking awesome. It's wonderful. Yeah. So I'm going to take this moment to basically hype wrestling society. And hopefully anyone who's watching this looking for, you know, rage and clip and stuff like that. Yeah. Bad luck for you guys. So ultimately go and check out wrestling society on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, come to the shows at Portishead at Swindon at Cardiff. There's going to be a show June the 25th in Cardiff. It's going to be an absolute banger. It's going to be at the walkabout. It's a Sunday afternoon. It's family friendly. Come and see some of the very best fucking professional wrestlers in the world because they all work here. Rishi Ghosh, Sammy Sahin, Chris Bronson, Charlie Sterling, The Saint, Gilligan Gordon, Kean Kelly, Nadia Sapphire, Lana Austin, Sky Smith and Chantel Jordan. It's a fucking veritable who's who of professional wrestling. The best in the world. The fact that I get to be their commentator is mind-blowing. So you know what? Never mind. Don't don't give these people even more time. I know you're going to say, well, that's a bit hypocritical because you have. It's like, yeah, but we've led into something positive, which is support Nadia Sapphire and also follow Nadia Sapphire. And yeah, absolutely fucking stand for the Queen because yeah. she's bombastically beautiful yeah. and she's worked fucking hard to look the way she does. You know what? Like being any woman will attest to this. I don't need to speak on their behalf. It takes a lot of fucking effort and a lot of work to look incredible as all women do. And they put so much time and effort into themselves and they do it. It's not so they can be objectified so that they can be fucking celebrated for how incredible they are as human beings and how hard they work. Not so that they can be fucking lambasted across a paper, lambasted across online social media and essentially fed to the wolves, which are all these redneck, neckbeard, sad sack virgins who make comments underneath oh, look at the state you know fat shame and things like that please like any of you have seen a vagina in your lives you pathetic scum i i never fat shame people because the thing is like, there's no point in fat shame like fat shaming just silly to me the the one question i asked and i think the one wrestler who got so much fat shaming and body shaming and we can talk about it too because impact just happened jordan grace yeah and that fucking broke my heart because the thing is... Now nah, look at her. What yeah, a specimen. Amazing. And the thing is, is that people who body shame I, or body shame people, I only have one question to them. It's like, are you happy with your body? If you say no, do something about it. Don't body shame somebody else. It's like, it's like, we're not... It's like, if... Like, Aaron, are you happy with your body? No, but I don't go online slagging other people off about my body. Exactly, and the thing is, it's like, you know... To quote Nathan Black, look at the goddamn... (laughs) Six foot three and looking like a tree. Six foot three and looking like a big old Egyptian hog. (laughs) Look at that fucking hog. (laughs) I I, I think I'm a relatively good looking guy, but I don't like my body. I struggle with that a lot. Body dysmorphia is a genuine thing. Oh, it... You know I suffer with that too, but it's yeah, I know. And you're a snack. Oh, I'd fuck you. Oh, send your message to get out of the goddamn way. (laughs) (laughs) Mine now. You can, you can just, you can just. Speaking, speaking of Nadia, there's another show, 30th of April, Coliseum. Oh, fuck that. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) What the hell, man? Um, yeah. April 30th at Coliseum, Stanley Arts Centre, Norwood Junction in London Town. London is going to indeed be calling. And oh boy, I mean, headlined by the A7 versus Sammy Zaheen and KM Lane. I am going to be at full master in commentary. So my apologies in advance if the announce table is about another foot in the air. But that's just the way it is. 
when these guys are on tap. A number of incredible matches. And our very own wonderful Nadia Sapphire will be in a triple threat match with Livy Grace and Karama as well. Oh, suits you, sir. Women's wrestling is fucking amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Fucking good shit, pal. What time on the 30th would you like me there, sir? I don't mind. Turn up whenever you like. I'll be there from the crack of dawn as soon as the doors are available for us. I'll be there doing yeah. my thing, being it a fucking says... goddamn professional. Because it says four till seven, so I'm assuming doors will open up three thirty-ish, probably. Doors will be free, three thirty. But obviously, I imagine the majority of the uh, ensemble will be there from midday onwards. Uh, some yeah. people. You know, not up to me to decide when wrestlers turn up. Yeah. But I'll be on comms. I will be the voice as always. I will be live on comms in the house alongside my wonderful partner Jake Pugh, who of course made his debut at Coliseum last time around. This is my third time out. Uh, Coliseum's third show. The wonderful Tony Wright, of course, was my partner in the first one, and uh, unfortunately, Tony hasn't been able to make these shows due to travel commitments, which mm-hmm. is why Jake Pugh stepped in. Uh, Silent Mark, of course, was the host of the first show. He's sadly not available either because of uh, travel restrictions. Um, but Jesse will again be in the house as the MC and host for the show. She's a wonderful, wonderful soul herself. It's an amazing uh, assortment of people who work yeah. here. Spine Buster Media will be providing media and comms for this, and also uh, doing the video work, which is great our good brother Andy looking forward to seeing him the tasty little snack that he is and uh, obviously I will be remonstrating madly about the incredible amount of bunda that will be on display in the mad room. bunda yeah there'll be plenty of Mortal Kombat and Wu-Tang references while I'm on commentary Mortal don't you, there'll be none of that fucking what do I think of this guy yeah. shit like go to the fucking camps you fucking gimps look <laughs> uh, at this no, raging looking motherfucker gonna shock you <laughs> yeah i'll be debuting my new outfit as well so look out for that so and also the wonderful matt raven is going to be doing photography are you going to be looking like a tasty little treacle wow like a like a big sticky toffee pudding Ooh. with a pyramid on top <laughs> Can't Ooh. wait. Might just wear a Fez just to fucking upset people even more. <laughs> you like that shit, pal? By the way, but, Fez is over, overwhelmingly more Turkish than they are Egyptians. So shut yeah. your hormones. I uh, think the one thing you should get if you can is like one of the pharaoh things and just wear that out. I might just fucking turn up in full Egyptian garb. Fuck it. <clears throat> full what robes, you, what, the whole lot, mate. Why if you just turn out where it's t- turn up just in toilet paper? Because my name's not Adam Mansfield. Kayfabe! Kayfabe alert! (laughs) God damn it. And I'll tell you what, you fucking co-opting shitbag. If Rumble has any balls on them, they'll book me versus the mummy. And we'll see who the real king of Egypt is, pal. Um, but yeah, Coliseum, April 30th, it's going to be a banger. By the way, Rumble's got a fantastic show coming up. April 28th at Ditton Community Centre on the Friday of that weekend. That's going to be spectacular. A lot of big names in the house, including the new European champion, the King of Steez, Joe Lando, will be announced as well. It's going to be a fucking naughty weekend. Oh, what, is, he, is he no longer ju- just, just Joe Lando? He's now, uh, well, they call him Jumping Joe Lando, oh, but yeah. he's the King of Steez, baby. Like, and if you don't know what Steez is, then frankly, you're never gonna know if you have to ask then you don't have steez but uh shout out to joe lando who wore i believe at right cabaret the 2006 arsenal centenary edition nice with cess fabregas on the back the judas um, <laughs> so but yeah i've got that shirt i've got like three oh, of those shirts actually fuck it up. fabregas so yeah, I still, I still got my old Arsenal T-shirt somewhere. Oh mate, I've got all my Arsenal stuff. I've got signed stuff from Arsene Wenger yeah. and all sorts of shit. I love. Man. I've got the old. Uh, I think it's 06 maroon kit. 
I like, yeah, I like, yeah. Yeah, that's the one. That's the centenary edition. Absolutely. Used to do primary school football wearing that. I I love, I used to love playing like 30 years of defender. Yeah, I mean that was the kit that they wore at the last ever season at Highbury, and yeah, yeah just what a what a way to finish that four two win over Wigan. Thierry Henry scoring a hat trick, denying Spurs the opportunity in a top four place. We all love it when Tottenham fans have a cry because lasagna was mm-hmm. in full effect that weekend. <laughs> yeah. that day. Oh, now speaking of fucking people who you know could have food poisoning if they make such dodgy decisions, Tony Khan. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Not saying he deserves food poisoning, by the way. I'm just saying that if he continues to eat shit, he might have something wrong with his stomach. Stop doing it, Tony. So the name of AW's potential new Saturday TV show has possibly been revealed. Allegedly, oh, no. it's going to be called AEW Collision, courtesy of Fightful Select. What do we think about that name? It's okay, but when all of the New Japan shows are called Collision in Philadelphia, Collision in New York, in Washington... Collision capital, in my pants. And capital collision. It's like there's capital a lot of, carnage. <laughs> it's like there's a lot of collisions here, mate. And do you want people to just fucking crash into one another? Uh I mean, I can't comment on that without getting in trouble ultimately, but uh, I mean I mean you you did you comment on AEW Dynamite? Because <laughs> Hey, less of that. Uh, AEW <laughs> controlled explosion. And... <laughs> well, the con- well, the explosion was too fucking controlled when it was John Moxley v Kenny Omega. Oh my lord! <laughs> Do you remember the sparklers of doom? Because yeah. oh. that was the one thing that I think like Renee Paquette and everybody said. It's like the match before that was actually pretty decent. Then you get that and it's fucking abysmal. Get out of there, Eddie! He's gonna blow. <laughs> <laughs> Like someone farted a sparkler out. It's like Steve O from Jackass just farted a firework at oh, oh, I still I still love that Steve O bit where he's like, We're gonna shoot a firework from my ass. Like, I remember the- covering it. I remember reviewing it. You can go back and watch it on our YouTube channel. I remember thinking, like, this is it, this emotional moment. Eddie Kingston's gonna take a bullet and then because <laughs> you see like you see like some of the fmw explosions you know like somebody's fucking dead because they're so loud who's, who's the, um who's the japanese guy who made that shit famous um onita yeah it was Onita. Yeah. imagine and, him watching that like yeah right. it was onita and terry funk <laughs> where's my fucking bin get in it all of you get in there disgraceful at that point kenny omega lost any credibility he had left with me stay to that piece of shit honestly uh speaking of AEW, by the way obviously they're building up to their big old stadium show at wembley Wembley. before we talk about that uh eric bischoff uh had some interesting comments to make about the uh, rumored AEW roster split so the irony that uh they apparently might be doing a roster split Mm, okay. I mean, before we get into what Eric Bischoff had to say, what do you think about the idea of a roster split in AEW? It's very much needed, but how is this roster split going to work? Is it going to be? Is it sorry? Is it going to be roster split more like? Is it going to be between Dynamite and Rampage, or is ROH going to be involved as well? You imagine it though, like. With the number one pick of the AEW draft, Dynamite selects Dark's Joey Janela. Roster split. How about you shave the roster down and have actually talented wrestlers instead of a bunch of indie marks jumping around and breaking their goddamn ankles every five minutes? 
It's uh, it's one thing AEW needs to do is just start Go shaving away, down. Yeah. Make not not quite that. They're not at that level yet, but they need to shave down the roster. They need to shave it down. Yeah. Well, what do you think about Eric Bischoff when he was asked about this on a podcast? He said, "Good luck. You deserve whatever you get. Turner, you're a freaking mess. You're not the company you used to be." Bischoff said during the latest episode of the Strictly Business podcast. There's executives in that company that couldn't find their ass with both hands and a compass when it comes to making a decision. If this is the direction that they're going, good freaking luck. WWE Hall of Famer Eric Bischoff will go on to say there are some dumbasses in turn of broadcasting right now. If reports of the show being created just to help keep people on the AW roster away from each other but get them all on television during the same week are true. He said, if this is ultimately how things play out, AW is a joke and so is Turner. The former WCW president who had a close relationship with the founder of TNT, Ted Turner, said he feels bad for him in this situation. Bischoff said if he were Turner, he would try to get his name removed from the company or anything associated with his company any longer, calling it a mess for believing a for believing for a second AEW's show on a Saturday would be a good idea. Harry Bischoff, not exactly pulling punches there. Do you think yeah, he has validity to what he said? Yeah, because that's the one thing that I feel on AEW Unrestricted and all the podcasts and like, it's like can can people start criticizing this company? It's the one thing I love with the Samoa Joe episode of Unrestricted because Samoa Joe wasn't holding any punches. Like they, he he had a critique about Forbidden Door. He was like, "It's not it's not really a Forbidden Door because we've done shows like this in the past. It's like the real Forbidden Door is WWE, <laughs> and the thing is Triple H done done the Forbidden Door this year by letting Nakamura go and work with Muta and having Carl Anderson at the Tokyo Dome for New Japan." So it's like we've had so many like indie collab events before that AEW's not really forbidden door per se. I've got a forbidden door for you with this article, pal. So who remembers WrestleMania 24 where Kim Kardashian made an appearance? I don't remember that. So, 2008 was an era of many celebrity guest appearances for WWE, and it's easy to lose track of many of them in a shuffle of revolving guest hosts of WWE Raw. One celebrity that has skyrocketed in fame since the time of her WWE appearance is Kim Kardashian. Oh, she shocked off Ray J. That too, yeah. Although, uh, I have to say, I was quite aroused by that. Kardashian appeared as a guest (laughs) host for some segments of WrestleMania 24, and on a recent episode of Something to Wrestle, Bruce Pritchard recalled his time working with her for the show. Kim was a dream to work with, as far as when you look at the outside celebrities that have come in some are so concerned about their image and what they will and won't do kim was like i'm in your world you tell me what you want me to do dangerous uh she was a pleasure anytime you can have a celebrity show up on time with a great attitude and not argue with you about every word that's a good day however there was one person backstage who was blissfully unaware of kardashian and certain elements of her fame at the time vince Vince mcmahon yes i don't know it's vince richard revealed that they filmed a backstage segment centered around kardashian's butt something mcmahon didn't understand i knew as soon as i showed it to him he was like god damn you're starting it on her ass brooms we don't do that shit um, apparently he said to Vince, Vince, I know, but that's her gimmick, Pritchard said. Ultimately, he said he got McMahon on board with the idea after showing him that this was something Kardashian's audience would understand. What do we think about Vince McMahon not being aware that Kim Kardashian's ass was worth a lot of money? 
Vince isn't aware of a lot of shit, so I don't put him part, put it past him for not knowing that. It's the like... idea that he had a problem with her ass being on TV, like really, the man who dropped the N bomb on Raw <laughs> wants to complain about Kim Kardashian's <laughs> ass. What's good, yeah, and especially Booker T being there. Tell me he didn't just say that. Yeah, keep it up, Mark. <clears throat> yeah, like, 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 who gave Vince the N word pass? <laughs> but it certainly wasn't Booker T, judging from it wasn't, his face. It wasn't Booker. Maybe Teddy Long. <laughs> Unfucking believable. Um, although I do love these stories about Vince not having a fucking clue about. Because my uh, my brother reminded me that instead of calling it burrito, he calls it a fucking meat wrap. <laughs> so at one point during Raw, I think it was like three or four years ago, there was a a running gag that seemed to be referenced quite a lot about South Park and Kevin Owens and Cartman. Yeah. And apparently this is because Vince had only just at that point seen South Park and was like, oh this my... shit's really good, pal. Let's get it on TV. You're oh my God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You know, we all remember the famous Moxley podcast when he jumped shit to AEW and he did talk his Jericho and he spoke about how you can't give Vince McMahon a prop. You know, he was talking about, you know, he yeah. needed vaccines and stuff like that. That was foreshadowing if I ever saw it. Um, <laughs> just the whole thing. Like Vince McMahon is a fucking... He's the gift that keeps on giving, but he's a yeah. complete and utter gimp, isn't he? Like, he's, he's lost his mind. <laughs> shave your tash, you fucking weirdo. <laughs> You want to be a star, don't you? <laughs> you want to be a star, don't you? Take it off. Do Take I it off. It? Speaking of stars, <laughs> Zack Sabre Jr. has been confirmed uh, for GCW. And of course, his best opponent will be Tony Deppen. You okay with that? I'm cool with that. I was wondering who Zack was going to face at GCW. I'm like, are they going to thrust him right into Nick Gage? Are they going to potentially do John Moxley? Because because him and Mox were meant to have a match three years ago, but didn't As happen Jim because Cornette of COVID. Affectionately calls Nick Gage the bank addicted drug robber. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so it was kind of like a question. It's like, would they get? Would they do Saber Junior v Alex Zane because of what happened in New Japan? Maybe get Jonathan Gresham over. So there were so many people that maybe even Joey Janela. I'm like, who would they get? So Tony Deppen, I'm actually okay with because because I know Tony Deppen can work that style and. He's very capable, so it's going to be a good match because I feel GCW's got that good blend to it where it's like for so long they were just marked as the death match company, but you see some of the other cards they produce, it's like, no, they've got a good like variety to them as well. Like I think on one show you did have um, Will Ospreay v. Nick Wayne and Blake Christian, uh, um, Ospreay v. Blake Christian as well, so they are like capable of doing all these other matches as well. Yeah, they're also capable of having matches where people set fireworks off on each other while they're inside cars. Yeah. <laughs> Wrestling! <laughs> um, but yeah, Zack Sabre Jr. certainly adds an incredible amount of credibility to what they're doing. Now, getting back to Vince McMahon quickly, um, comedy has always had a place in professional wrestling, and Bree Zango, people will remember, provided plenty of that during their run in WWE. However, Fandango recently revealed to Wrestling News Company that Vince McMahon himself didn't find their fashion file segments amusing. Oh. Despite him being the person in charge of creative at the time, Vince did not laugh once. He did not understand any of the jokes. He didn't get any of the pop culture like any of the movies, Fandango said. He did not understand it. He didn't like it. But he knew the fans liked it, so he kept it on his show. He didn't understand any of that. Vince would just look around and be like, what the fuck? 
Um, the dry sense of humor just wasn't his thing, which if you're a 70-something-year-old guy, you're probably not getting Twin Peaks jokes. It's understandable. Uh, it's nothing against him. He didn't like it at all. But he knew that some people did. Once again, Vince McMahon not really getting things. It was, um, it, the Fashion File segments were good, but after a while, they did seem to run their course because it did become a bit repetitive. But for a while, they were really entertaining and really good. So, um, are you a fan of Effie? Uh, kind of, because he's got the big gay brunch coming up, the UK one, right? Yes, he has, and apparently Darwin has the um, the 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 big gay banquet, which oh, will okay. happen. Yeah, it it needs to be seen to be believed. Um, yeah, it's a little little spoiler for you there. Leonardo Darwin's big gay banquet, which will have exclusively red hot long wieners. Um, oh, nice, nice. Yeah, yeah, he's he's always winding somebody up. So uh, Effie's got an issue with WWE staff member Gabe Sapolsky. Uh, talking to Twitter, Effie posted a short statement accompanied by a two-minute video where he proceeded to tear in a Sapolsky with reckless abandon. Uh, recently, some things have been brought to my attention that sound complimentary, but I take a little issue with them, Effie said. Gabe Sapolsky, you've been holding seminars online and discussing things about how Effie is wonderful at branding and selling myself and making money, and of fucking course I am. But I politely ask that you keep my name out of your fucking mouth because you're the problem with the entire industry today. For years it evolved because you did something good with CM Punk at Ring of Honor, you can manipulate and gaslight and carrot dangle and underpay and lie to people about pay and give them t-shirts or let them set up the ring for two years and then never really give them other opportunities. And most egregiously of all, making more money on seminars than any of those shows ever actually drew on their own ticket-making foundation. You, sir, are the problem with what's holding indie wrestling down. You, sir, are the creative control that keeps people from having agency over themselves. Gabe Sapolsky uh, deleted his response to Effie's criticism. Um, Effie also claimed that Sapolsky attempted to talk the former GCW tag team champion out of doing certain things in his act, which Effie believes helped lead to him becoming a bigger star. He also referred to Sapolsky as a fraud and a fool, suggested most people had forgotten Sapolsky after he was rehired by WWE, and accused Sapolsky of yelling and screaming and acting like a petulant child in an environment that should be wonderful, nourishing, and uplifting to those that are there. Sapolsky got word of Effie's comments shortly after and himself took to Twitter to respond it's now been deleted he said actually effie this is the gaslighting lies and great exaggeration supposedly tweeted you could have asked me this in person when you waved at me at gcw and i was standing next to you in backstage instead of using me for tribalism marketing now i give my heart and soul to the indies and will always help effie has since mockingly acknowledged sapolsky's deleted tweet and also stated his wave to sapolsky's one dismissively telling WWE staff uh member basically, that he was waving goodbye at him. As stated in his original tweet, Effie will be running Monday Not Raw on Twitch later. Uh, this was, uh, I think this has already happened now. I think this was um, this week, though he suggested he would delve deeper into his issues with Sapolsky. What do you think about this? I mean, we don't know. I mean, I assume I, it's not building to a rivalry because Sapolsky works for no, WWE and Effie does no. not. It's like, I know a little bit about Gabe Sapolsky because of ROH and Evolve, but I think like more people do need to keep need, do need to come forward because I think that was one thing with Evolve that was making the rounds a lot of that a lot of the guys were underpaid and basically told they were going to be paid not with exposure which you and I both fucking hate that <laughs> like we're going to pay you with exposure it's like that doesn't pay my bills that doesn't put food on the table like what does pay me with exposure mean 
nothing. I mean, anyone who thinks it's okay to pay with exposure, get in the fucking bin. I always say this all the time. I remember Steve Neal rather affectionately said this years ago on this podcast when we first, when I first started out in the business. Um, exposure doesn't pay the bills. Exposure yeah. will not buy a pint of milk. You cannot walk into a shop and it was like, you know, take your pint of milk, your Freddo bar, whatever it is you're going to buy, put your groceries down, and they're like, that'll be £17.50. Ah, you see. Now, if I get my wallet out here, you'll see that I've actually been on the same show as a number of high-end talents, and I was hoping I could pay for that with exposure. Promoters need to get their fucking heads out of their fucking asses. Because it was in one of the... Pay your fucking talents! It was one of the seminars that that I did years ago, where I think one of the guys said it's like, accept payment in three ways. They give you money, they pay for your accommodation, so like pay for a high-end hotel or something like that for you to stay for a bit, or they pay you with like a really bougie dinner, like they just pay you with food. Those are the only three types of payment you could you Hot can dog accept. and a handshake, pal. <clears throat> no, what? hard no. cash. Okay. Money makes the world hard run. Cash. Don't pay people properly, exactly. you fucking creeps. Exactly. By, hard the way, cash. by the way, if somebody's charging you too much, and I've had this a multitude of times, if someone's charging you too much, fine, if you can't afford it, don't be a fucking cunt. Don't go and tell your talents that, you know, you're going in a different creative direction. Don't tell them that this person's trying to bleed your money. No, they're not. They're trying to make a fucking living. Some of us make a living from this business. They're trying to pay what... Someone like myself, for instance, who's a sole trader and self-employed now, that's something that's actually very fucking important. Yeah, because they... I'm not asking uh... for heaven and earth. I'm asking to not make a fucking loss every show. And when wrestlers are repeatedly... Wrestlers, cameramen, commentators, MCs, when they're taking a hot dog and handshake, when they're working... You know, it sets a bad precedent. I appreciate that money is not all that fucking affluent in professional wrestling. But when you're paying your fucking trainees or whoever it may be, peanuts or nothing, have a look at yourselves. It's unprofessional is what it is. Don't be be coming at me, calling me unprofessional because I've had opinions online and stuff like that. If you're not willing to pay your talents properly and stuff like that, this happens everywhere in our business. Literally everywhere. People are going to be like, oh, he's he's taking shots at certain people. No, I'm actually not. I'm taking shots at the fucking business. The business Mm -hmm. needs to be overhauled in that regard. That's why we have all these fucking new things coming in. That's why people at Play Fight, like the wonderful Cara Noir, are trying to make genuine changes to our business me and cam are going there on saturday if you're there's, no, there's no protection there's no protection from what's going on no yeah. protection me and me and cam are going play fight for a session grade one on saturday if you if you want to join us next i can't great. believe i've only been asked now absolutely outright when you say grade one is that what like is it like a beginner session or kind of because it's like for me it's been like six years and i'm like and oh, I wait. Cam, wait till you see me in the ring holy <laughs> shit it is gas city like, yeah. i get gas just fucking walking into the building like yeah. fuck. so but if adam i'll check with adam mansfield see if he's there so <laughs> Yeah, because he helps out at Play Fight. Oh, nice. Great place to train, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. Danny yeah. Black and Joe Lando and a number of great people coming through that place. And yeah, because I checked when um I checked when the grade one sessions were. Because I said to Cam, I was like, I was like, I don't want to do the beginners course because it's like those are on days that I can't do. So I checked when like the grade one sessions were because those were like for beginners slash people with a bit of experience. And they were on Tuesdays and Saturdays. I'm like, perfect. For two days, I don't work and I can fucking go to a session. So Cam, Cam you're gonna need it, pal. <laughs> oh no, you're gonna you're gonna fucking <laughs> yeah. need it. Yeah, you're gonna need yes. all the training because I'll tell you what, if you you're run into me, me as the king of Essex Royal Rumble, I'm gonna make Biryani out of you, boy. You are gonna get smashed. <laughs> oh yeah, 
snack you're, is right. I'm going to be tossing you around like a Freddo bar on the 4th of almost, July. You've almost got a whole foot on me, so you could fucking just stump me into the ground. Yeah, not where it counts, though, unfortunately. Oh. Step on me, king. The hog. Step on me, king. Step on me, king. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not a king crumble. Settle down, everybody. Well, what are you know, doing, Step, bro? What are you doing, Step Nix? But we can confirm that the main event of June 24th's IWE Swords of Anarchy will be a 20-man Royal Rumble. And I have it on good authority that Tan Veer is going to enter the Royal Rumble Hooray. and make his professional wrestling debut. Oh, it's baby. It's going to be fun. I'm, I might die. I told Sa- I told Sasha, she's like, please be careful. I'm like, I'm fine. I'll be fine. He'll be fine. Honestly, he'll be fine. We'll look after him. Um, I will be the one probably sending for him like a maniac because somebody's got to put him over. Um, You're going to yeah. choke slam me up the ring. I want you. I want you to do that. <laughs> well, me up the careful, ring. What, careful what you wish for, pal. <laughs> Asi Adam still hasn't recovered from that time that I absolutely cold clocked him out of the fucking battle royal for the retaliation <laughs> and for the Isle of Wight title. Oof. <laughs> Poor bastard, but we're the best of friends now. So what an introduction. And you know what? Fair play to him because I was the biggest man in that match and he met me at the fucking gates of hell and threw a punch. Appreciate that. Mad respect, boy. Mad respect. Quick question. Any update on if Franco Varga is going to be back in the UK? Franco Varga will be back in the UK this weekend alongside Jake Hollister. And they're going to be working predominantly up north, I believe, for Bolton Town Wrestling and PCW. So if you're up north, checking out. Uh, Yeah, I would like Franco. I, really I would like love. I'm unfortunately working now this weekend. Otherwise, I would have absolutely loved to spend some time in him. So I can at least get maybe the Friday or the Saturday to see him. That would be really cool. Um, but also, Rumble has a show in Whitstable this Friday, and I'm hoping that I'll be helping out there just as a, a ring hand and stuff like that. And, you know, lending my talents in other different things, maybe donate my services as a photographer or something like that. Because ultimately, there's no money to be made here. I just, just do it for the fun of it, you know, yeah. just to get outside the house. So. Um, but yeah, no, there's uh, it's going to be good stuff. And with Franco Varga and Jake Bollister coming back over for another tour, very, very, very fucking cool. So you might want to get your uh, get your hot slice of the biggest wrestler ever because he's going to be in the house this weekend. Fran- the- Fran- Franco's so 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 cool. He like is Franco. fucking like you know we we use the term G a lot. And he really is the personification of G. He is such a gangster. He's so cool. He is the man. He is the measuring stick for how professional wrestlers should be. And by the way, shatters the illusion that you can't make money in this business, that you can't work full-time. He makes a full-time living for professional wrestling, and rightfully so. He's a man who was trained by Ron Simmons. Oldness. I had to to explain to Sasha the term good brother, because I say that a lot about like you guys. She's like, why do you call them good, brother? I'm like, they're they're like guys who will take care of you no matter what. That's you gotta wrap that chinsky, brother. (laughs) That's how I'm like. They're a good brother. They'll fucking like look after you no matter what. They've got your back. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be feisty. So yeah, ladies and gentlemen, check out Franco Vargas socials and uh, he's uh, normally at Franco Wrestles across social media. Check it out. Now speaking of somebody who could maybe tuck their chin a little bit more, Nia Jax has addressed fan perception that she's <laughs> breakfast in the ring. Hey, <laughs> less of that. So uh, ever since the famous or the infamous incident, should we say, that saw Nia Jax break Becky Lynch's nose during a brawl on WWE Raw, the former WWE star has received plenty of criticism online. That's putting it mildly. Uh, It's something no wrestler wants to be labelled. 
being reckless, but Jax admitted to Ring the Bell podcast that she initially tried to embrace the comments as she was such an ultimate heel. Jax changed her opinion on the situation, however, when YouTube clips began to surface, editing together moments from her matches when things went wrong, which is so shitty because you can do that with any wrestler. Yeah. That's so pay. I remember having a conversation with Randy Orton because I had watched one of his matches with Brock Lesnar when they first started out. And I was like, oh my gosh, you guys were so all over the place, Jake said. He was like, yeah, we were shit. We didn't know what we were doing. Back then, there wasn't a YouTube or a Twitter or an Instagram that reminded you how many things you messed up on. Jax made it clear that the criticism was getting to her as she tried especially hard to make talent look good while being safe, which was particularly the case when feuding against Alexa Bliss due to the size difference between them. Sometimes mistakes happen and I never want to be unsafe, Jax said. I always made it a point to make sure people felt comfortable getting in the ring with me and so that kind of hurt my feelings, but I knew backstage people had my back there are plenty more quotes that you can check out from her podcast with ring the bell and we highly recommend you do so credit to ring the bell for all the content in that article do you think um nijax deserves a lot of the treatment she gets online for being an unsafe worker no because no because at the end of the day shit happens shit happens it's it ain't no ballet it ain't ballet it's broke my ankle in four places in my debut it's no one's fault but my own. Took a coast to coast of a steel chair, tucked my leg in when I should have left it out, and the chair compressed my ankle and fractured it in four places. It's like it's like my no one's fault but my own. Well, not uh, Drake's bring, fault. It's mine. To bring it up too, because I think he talked about it on a talk. Is Jericho Michael Oku's wrist injuries just like landing on? But it's like shit happens. And... He's doing well now, isn't he? Yeah. He's doing all right, and he? he ain't got time to come on the wrestle plug anymore. He's too busy going on talk. Is Jericho? You big <laughs> hot dog, Michael. <laughs> He's a lovely kid, by the he way. Is a nice guy. He's he's the soul of the earth. He's the reason why we love what we do. You know, yeah. he's he's fucking great, awesome yeah. human. Being. Always yeah, so, takes time for fans. Exactly. Always. That was something I was gonna talk about with Nadia as well about how she has so much time for people. Oh, mate, the most giving person on earth. Yeah. I cannot express how much I love her. And people go, of course you do. She's hot, but shut up. Like she's fucking incredible. I love her so much. She is literally like, I affectionately call her my friend's soulmate. Like, you know, like she's my friend's soulmate. Like, you know, I can't be without Nadia Sapphire. Absolutely not. There's a lot of people in this business. They come and go. They do. And it's sad because there's a lot of people I thought were friends who aren't now or, you know, whatever. And that's probably well documented. And actually, like, I don't hate anybody. I wish them the best of success, whether they like me or not. But with Nadia, it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, no, that's genuinely somebody that I cherish and somebody that I cannot be without. Nadia is one of those people in wrestling that like when wrestlers talk about it's like you don't see them for like six seven years but then when you reconnect it's like no time has passed at all. Nadia is like one of those people where it's like I might say in the 30th and it would have been like a good year and a half since I saw a lot since I saw her last but she has so much time for people like she didn't need to talk to me I was I was just your mate who was just there just having a, just having a drink and she was like hey so much time such a lovely soul such a lovely person yeah absolutely and for anyone watching if you want a little cheeky discount for coliseum use the code erin nix 50 uh or erin 50 should i say uh when you go on the uh, discount code thing type in erin 50 all capitals no spaces and that'll get you uh erin 15 excuse me and it will get you 15 percent off the uh nice. ticket nice yeah a little bit a little bit of something you know we want we want the place to be packed we want it to be noisy we want it to be raucous Gate yeah. Seven's going to be in the house. Sami Zayn's going to be in the house. Cam Lane's going to be in the house. Karama, Nadia Sapphire. Oh, 
suit you. Did I, did I see jo- Jordan Said? Who? All right. Yeah. <laughs> no, you can't do that to Jordan. I fucking to... love Jordan. Do you know what? Me and Jordan Said. Do that to are, Jordan. We are like the best of friends. He's been on this podcast, never <laughs> actually been in the same room together. Really? This is our first time, and there has been promises oh, of very big hugs. And I'll tell you what, if Boss Man don't get his Morley fried chicken, I'm going to kick off, fam. Like, me oh and my you God, does he have Morley's? Does, does he get Morley's? He fucking loves Morley's. Oh. He loves like Boss Man chicken, innit? Oh, yeah. I... yeah. I don't know how I feel about that because I think I'd have, I've I've had Morley's before and I didn't really rate it. But maybe so maybe I, I it's went the on like a, a couple of months ago. I went on a failed date in South London and I'd never had Morley's before. And I thought, fuck it, we're about to pop the fried chicken cherry. And I've got to say, loved it. Thought it was fucking banging. So I'll be going all in for a Morley's bucket after Coliseum. Nice. I can tell you, I'll be the one at commentary covered in grease and broken dreams, hun. Yeah, it's going to be good shit, pal. But yeah, I cannot wait to see. Jordan Saeed's going to be wrestling, obviously. Um, you know, he's in that match with Niwa and the other member of 8-7. Um, we'll get it, get get the card up for me, bruv. Um, you know, because we uh, may as well. Yeah, let me get it. Because uh, I don't want to pronounce his name wrong because I'll get in serious trouble because he he is meaty. He will fuck me up. I'm just going on the website to see. It's also worth pointing out Levi Muir, um, you know, made his, yeah. I'm not sure if it was his debut, but made a, a big splash at Rumble recently, winning the uh, 21 man over the top Royal Rumble for the Medway Cup. I just saw the po- the poster that was posted on the 6th of April. That's a nice fucking poster. Is it the so, one with the gimp and the white suit on it? No, no. It's the other. It's with Nadia who's at the top front. And so, it's Nadia top center. Oh, Mr. Bestington, who wants to fucking chat shit at me on Twitter, by the way, saying that he find out what Tesco I work and get me fired <laughs> from it. Like, I don't work at Tesco. But apparently you do, because you'd be wearing TNF suits, fam. The state of that thing. Don't get any spaghetti bolognese on your fancy white suit, will you? you oh, I, I love Spagbo. Chantel Jordan. The yeah, Raven she is. Creed. Yeah, like a big debut for both of those ladies here. Does at... Raven Creed wrestle in a street jacket? Uh, that's part of the gimme, yeah. She tends to be slightly unhinged. Okay. To be said. Which, of course, as everyone knows, Eric Nix loves himself a deranged woman. Yeah. <laughs> It's, um, all jokes aside, amazing talent. She's been at Progress. She's been around the block. Chantel Jordan has as well. Chantel Jordan has been making waves at Wrestling Society. One of the, I, I effectually re- refer to her as mini Brock Lesnar. I very much am excited about what Chantel Jordan can achieve in our business. Yeah. I think she's incredible. She's a wonderful human being to boot. Yeah. They all are. They're all Cause there's, Because there's like no page with all the graphics on for the matches i found the match that we were talking about so it's jordan is the best place to go for it yeah i'm on twitter right now so it's jordan saeed versus niwa v remy atatunje now that man is stacked like you wanna he makes shreddy look fucking small that games oh my lord eight seven by the way Oh, alexander roth man crush alert i I love alexander roth he's great I so fucking cool the multiversal. Oh champion. yeah, my my uncle, my dad, my dad's there. Uncle's uncle, my uncle slash dad is there. Sure. That's a bit concerning. The Charles oh, right, Samuels. Yeah, yeah, because we, yeah. yeah, we had that joke at Repro that Charles was my dad. Charles Samuels is the <laughs> fucking man. What a guy he I is! Love like Char. the absolute epitome of each, cool. Each time I met him at Repro, absolute. 
I fucking love Shaft. So you know what? I love Coliseum. They, you know, it's it's definitely got some work to do, as all wrestling promotions do. Yeah. I'll tell you what, this is the first place where I was truly headhunted to work, and the honor and the distinction of that is not lost on me. I am extremely proud to be a part of that. Because it's Coliseum, what, four or five shows in now? Uh, this is their third show. But but still early days. It's like the thing. It's, yeah. it's well, they they went to Crawley for the second show. For me, that didn't work as well as it should yeah. have. The first one, of course, was at Conway Hall in Central London. This yeah. one's back in London again. And you know, it's do you know what? Working in London, I see it as a massive privilege. In yeah. Rest, because that is normally exclusively the company yeah. of Progress or Red Pro. Yeah, I have my break own. London is a big freaking deal. This is I, the capital city of the United well of England, yeah. and it's one of the biggest cities in the world. It was the one thing that had me because I went immediately like Booker Promoter Brain. Because when I went to go see a George Tagay's um theater show called Allegiance, oh my <laughs> amazing, amazing George Takei so good. Yeah, what, it was, was he actually there? Was he? Yeah, yeah, it was. It was. Uh, Did you get a photo with him or anything? Uh, no, because there was such a big queue for the meet and greet afterwards. Not I mean, surprised. He I is mean, like pop I mean, culture icon, isn't he? Yeah. Like, big deal. But but it was like right near me because he like walked past me as he came onto the stage. I was like, oh, it's George K. <laughs> yeah, like, I would have been the same. Oh my god, it's George. Like, yeah, he is. Oh my god, he's just so fucking cool. Yeah, like, because. Um, yeah, because when, when we went to Charing Cross Theater, we got in there, and I said to my brother, "I'm like, this would actually be a nice place to have a, to have a wrestling show. It's like put a ring in the middle there. This way, the seats is. He's like, you're not wrong. He's like, yeah, it'd be a pretty nice setup. Star of Futurama, George Takei. Who does he play in Futurama again? He plays himself, doesn't he, in the Star Trek episode? Shit, yeah, he does. <laughs> Yeah. I need I need to go back and read. It's that show. scene. There's remember when they um, bump into Spock in the the jar museum, the head jar yeah. museum, and he goes into the closet of presidents and uh, Bill Clinton. He goes, "Hey there, sweetie, <laughs> I can do to you because like, it be called, you know, it's like what the fuck." Uh-huh. And it's um, one of the other president goes, "I have to apologize for his behavior, ma'am. He gets excited around meaty looking women." <laughs> I feel I feel like every great oh, animated show, also <laughs> animator, has like its second project which is less well known but almost hey, better. for me futurama shits all over the simpsons it's like futurama is right. better than simpsons american dad parts of it is so much better than family guy and with them unfortunately i have to mention his name justin Royland. he had a solar opposites which is so much fucking Who's better. He? i don't know him it was, it was the guy who created rick and morty who got oh yeah, yeah he also voices rick and morty right yeah. So, oh, that yeah. one's in the fucking toilet, isn't it? Yeah, he had a second show called Solar Opposites, which is so fucking Can you good believe Inside Job has been cancelled after I, just... It's still on my Netflix, so I have to watch it, but it's like you, you see the clips, because the thing on Netflix you, like that's cool now is that like they do have a little clip section. So it's like you do see clips of Inside Job, I'm like, oh, this this show's, this show's good. I'll watch, I'll get around to it watching it at some point. I'm just, I'm just like, because I said to Ian as well, like Mr. Ian Deal as well, because he, he, he's like, oh, have you seen this anime? I'm like, I just prefer watching films so much more at the moment that if you suggest to me a series, I'm like, I'll add it to the list, but I don't know when I'll see it. <laughs> Animated series are like the only thing that I really sort of delve into. Yeah. But we'll save that for any other business because we still have some business in the wrestling world to talk about. WWE breaks record for non-WrestleMania stadium ticket sales with SummerSlam 2023. It'll be taking place in Detroit, and they have sold already 32,000 tickets on the nice. first 24 
hours. Detroit, by the way, starved. I don't think it's had any major wrestling show since WrestleMania 23 or 24. Jesus. Um, that's a big fucking deal. And bear in mind, Detroit and obviously Michigan as a whole state, very poor state, struggling with a lot of different things. Most of the automotive yeah. industry shut down there. Uh, it's had a lot of problems. It looks like... Uh, I really recommend it if people can get hold of it. Um, Anthony Bourdain's Parts Unknown. He oh, went okay. to Detroit and he went to like, and there are literally skyscrapers there that are completely uninhabited. Like Jesus. it's mind blowing. It looks like a zombie apocalypse there in places because it's one of the forgotten great States of America. People have just upped and moved and left it. And there are huge buildings, like massive complexes and malls and things that are completely uninhabited that are just, you know, just delinquents now. Like it just, you know, debilitated places. Yeah, um, pretty mind-blowing so for detroit to get summer is a big yeah. deal because it's the old school uh, cleveland tourism video where it's talking about how shit cleveland is and then it ends with at least we're not detroit so it's kind of like insult in detroit so but, the suggestion uh, is that becky lynch and trish stratus will face each other at SummerSlam to uh help bolster it it may not be our cup of tea but it'll be a big fucking draw it's big draw. It's arguably the greatest women's wrestler of the last ten years versus the greatest women's wrestler of all time. It's yeah. uh, it's got a lot on it. So, did you see Rebellion? Uh, I watched highlights, and honestly, I love what they do. What Impact's doing, I, I, I want to see Josh Alexander back soon, but I, but hundred percent because you know how much we adore Josh Alexander. And especially the man, and especially to see him like because it was it was almost like a given that George that Steve Macklin was gonna win the title here, whether it was Josh Alexander. They were never gonna give it to Kushida, were they? Like it just Uh, you know, it's shame. Match was great to be fair. I watched that phenomenal. Steve Macklin, by the way, um, very very cool. To he captured the vacant Impact World Championship from Kushida via pinfall on the same night. His wife, uh, Diana Perazzo captured the uh, vacant Impact Knockouts World Championship because Mickey James could not defend uh, by defeating Jordan yeah. Grace. The other the other big highlight here, of course, first of all, the triple threat match for the X Division Championship. Yeah. Ray Miguel defeating Jonathan Gresham and Mike Bailey. Oh, my Lord. Um, that is naughty. I could be like um, three of the best juniors in the world that I, that should all be in Best of Super Juniors this year because, because let's be honest, if you're a New Japan fan like me, Best of Super Juniors... Get out of here. <laughs> yeah, get out of here, but also Best of Super Juniors last year shat all over the G1. It's not hentai, it's art. Art, yes. <clears throat> it's not juniors, it's art. <laughs> you are a bad influence on me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you, you've tainted and corrupted me. It's not the other way around, absolutely not. Um also on this card, ABC, Ace Austin and Chris Bay defeated the Motor City Machine Guns to defend their Impact World Tag Team Championships in Ultimate X, which I imagine was probably ludicrous. Uh, the Coven, Kylan King and Taylor Wilde successfully defended the uh, Knockouts World Tag Team Championships against the Death Dolls, Jessica Havoc and Rosemary as well. Champagne Singh and Shira defeated Heath and Rhino, by the way, by pinfall. What do you think about that? Your homeboys doing some business. His name is Champagne Singh. That's fucking sick. I know. Yeah. The only good wrestler to ever have champagne in front of his name. Brilliant stuff. (laughs) I know who you're on about as well. Because he's in the Rumble. And if you get in my way, I'll shove that champagne bottle where the sun doesn't shine, you gimp. Oh, is he in the Rumble? (laughs) Yeah, he is. He better not touch me. I know I look like a young boy. (laughs) Stay away from Cameron Anderson. Don't touch me. Cameron, Cameron Anderson. Stay away yeah. from Cameron Anderson just because he's young. He's younger than me. 
Are we insinuating that he goes after fresh young men? <laughs> he looks like be he... The views expressed by Tanvir Verdi are not shared by the Wrestle Club. Crazy Steve defeated Sheldon Jean, whoever that is, in a singles match. Um, Sheldon no Jean. Hey, Sheldon Jean, the state of your name, okay. mate. My uh, name is Sheldon Jean. <laughs> Dirty Dango Joe Hendry and Santino Morella defeated the design. Uh, which is violent by design without a uh, uh, thingy, uh, Eric Young, because he's obviously yeah. uh, dead. Uh, PCO defeated Eddie Edwards in a last rights match with the gorgeous Alicia Edwards at ringside. What a wonderful yes. soul she is. And uh, also rounding off this ludicrous card, Team Dreamer, Tommy Dreamer, Bapinda Gujar, uh, Frankie Kazarian, Oi Oi, Killer Kelly, and Yuya Yamura. Yuya's a good junior. Bully Ray, Brian Myers, Kenny King, Masha Slamovich, and Moose. Oh, 10 wrestler hardcore war. That was 25 minutes of pure shenanigans. I bet that fucking slapped. Yeah. Uh, also, the big thing coming out of this uh, general show was the fact... Well, there are two things. First of all, Nick Aldis returned to Impact Wrestling at Rebellion, which is fucking awesome. He's been out of action since the beginning of the year when his contract with the NWA came to yeah. an end after a, shall we say, that's tumultuous a, few months. It's, it's a big get, and it's kind of one that... Because that's the one thing I like about Impact is that they're not signing everyone. They're very selective. And then when they sign someone, it's like, oh, shit, this feels fucking... Like Frankie Kazarian, when they signed him and he was immediately slotted into the X Division, it was like... Yeah. That's fucking cool. Worth pointing out, obviously, he's married to Mickey James, so that probably swayed his decision. I find it mind-blowing that WWE and I... AEW didn't boot the door in trying to get this guy in. Can I Can I just mention that the Mickey James promo on Impact from the previous week where she had to relinquish the title? Fucking heartbreaking. She's fucking amazing. Like, when it's all so... said and done, she deserves that place in the Hall of Fame. She so emotional that, things. like, you felt like crying because you're like, holy shit, like, it's... It... Fuck, it's really heartbreaking. Because if fucking you, amazing. Because if you pay attention to Impact, like we have, and seeing the whole of the Lost Rodeo and all this, and now that it's had to kind of like... The dream matchup, though, isn't it? Yeah. You know, husband and wife, Nick Aldis, yeah. and uh, Mickey James versus Steve Matlin, Deanna Perrazzo. Deanna Perrazzo mentioned that they can't be on screen together because she, because Macklin's a heel and she's a baby face, and they kind of like made that decision of like, it doesn't make sense. It's like if if something comes up, great, but for now, it doesn't make just sense. Just turn her already, so we can get it done. Just, I I liked yeah. the respect that her and Jordan showed at the end of the match of like the handshake of like yeah, we're both baby faces, but more so this match was for Mickey James. In, well, in Nick Aldis. Well. Let's not forget as well, Nick Aldis, the first ever British North American heavyweight champion. Yeah. Um, if you can argue that, world champion. Um, pop quiz for you, Tamvir. He yeah. also won the Impact World Tag Team Championship twice. Yeah. Who were his partners on each occasion? One of them I want to say is Bram. Wrong. Okay. And then and then I'm gonna throw one out there which makes no sense. Drew Galloway. A wrong again. Yeah. Which two? Any other, any other guesses? One of them I'm gonna throw it out there even though it's an NXT NXT one and he's been on many shows with you, Joel Redman. Nope. Nope. I can't think. It's going to be like two names that are going to be like, holy shit, how did I forget about them? All right, well, once was Samoa Joe. Holy shit! And the other was <laughs> Doug Williams. What the fuck? Pay attention, young man. you got more to learn. The, the, the Doug Williams one, I should have got because that... Okay, I, I don't know how I forgot about Doug Williams. 
I never would have guessed Samoa Joe. I never would have guessed Samoa Joe. Well, I've got good news for you, by the way, as far as Impact goes, because breaking news, Impact and New Japan Pro Wrestling present Multiverse United 2, for whom the bell tolls on Sunday, August the 20th in Philadelphia. It's amazing. And I think the Impact New Japan link is the most fruitful to come even more so because the AEW one is like, it's cool, but it's not proven as fruitful because it's like you've had Ace Austin best of super juniors and world tag and a super junior tag league last year the fans fucking love him and uh, and i love him too chris well, bay getting a good showing out there um, shout out to chris bay training with nadia sapphire in america recently nice yeah, yeah. very chris, very cool. chris bay just always trains he's now, just fucking shredded and also a shout out to carl wilkinson's legs that will no doubt be reattached for this because uh, Multiverse United 2 will be part of a slew of events for Impact that will kick off on May 26th with special event Under Siege. Other events included will be Against All Odds on June yeah. 9th, Slammiversary, which will air as a pay-per-view on July 15th, and Emergence on August the 27th. Under Siege, Slammiversary, and Emergence will all take place in Canadian cities, London, Windsor, and Toronto, Ontario, Canada, while the yeah, games um, will emanate out of Columbus, Ohio. Because 26th is my birthday, so I was going to message Carl, be like, yo, you're going to go to the Impact show on my birthday? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how we should celebrate your birthday, by going to a wrestling show that you absolutely will not be able to attend. Yeah. Um, We are getting to the end of the news. Uh, There's a lot of little things that I thought we'd quickly touch on. Can so I Can I do a quick fire. Can I do a quick bit of news? Just interrupt me. Oh, sorry, sir. Sorry, sorry, Papa, sorry, sir. Fuck. <laughs> I'm sorry, sir. No, you fucking cannot. What, do, what have you got on tap? What do you want to uh, talk about? It's to do with British wrestling as well, but more so women's British wrestling, because Mercedes Monet tweeted out in the early hours of the morning. I've got it right here. So yeah. if you hadn't interrupted, it would have been the next I'm time. sorry, sir. See I'm what sorry. I mean? What a dick. <laughs> so I've got uh, seriously, what a dick. Uh two I get it out. <laughs> yeah, right. Fucking look at the size of that. Uh Anaconda don't want none. Uh Mercedes Monet has expressed a desire to move to Japan full time as her NJPW contract winds down. You think that's a good move, or you think she should come back to the mainstream and work for AW or WWE again? I think whatever makes her happy. If she's happy out being in Japan and just working that, and because I know stardom and like New Japan do come over to the U state the 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 US more often now. Like they just had two to three shows in the US in the space of a month. So they are doing more shows. So I think whatever makes her happy, I think her being the IWGP um women's champ makes sense because her next defense is on, I believe, this weekend. The yeah, this Sunday against Mayu Iwatani. Um, at the Stardom show, which will be a fucking certified banger. Um, so I think, so I think whatever, because at the end of the day, when we talk about contracts, I think we all agree on the same thing. It's like we may want them to do certain things, but at the end of the day, whatever makes them happy is the is the best thing. Yeah, but I wish wrestling fans knew that. Ultimately, I'd, it's about what they want to do, not what we want them to do. Because the thing is, you can tell when a wrestler's happy or a wrestler's like comfortable in their position when you see their in-ring work. Because I think like with some of them, you see their in-ring work just sign, and you're like, oh yeah, they're they're having fun right now. Like they're they're loving the role that they're in. Well, also Mercedes Monet, as you alluded to, put out a tweet asking who is the best women's wrestler in the United Kingdom, teasing the potential of a matchup. And I imagine a lot of people would like to see that at Wembley Stadium. So 
Who is the number one pick for Tanvir to face Mercedes Monet from if, the United Kingdom's women's roster? Because if if it was just from the UK, has instead of in the UK, I'd go with Jamie Hayter. I'd say Jamie Hayter because but because she's in AEW, that's technically from the UK. If I was to go in the UK, I'd want to see Mercedes Monet versus Sky Smithson. <laughs> Fucking just stole my tweet, isn't it? <laughs> He's got an opinion of his own. He clearly saw me tweet this earlier. I, I, this and so, but, I said Sky Smithson is waiting because ultimately, because she's my opinion, she's the best. Great. She oh, she's is. The best. Yes, like Nadia That's Sapphire. Cool. There's a lot of beef, by the way, between Nadia Sapphire and Sky Smithson because uh, Nadia Sapphire, I claim that Sky Smithson could beat Nadia Sapphire up on a podcast. Nadia Sapphire vehemently disagrees with this. However, Sky Smithson has confirmed with me that she loves Nadia dearly, but she will knock her the fuck out. So <laughs> there you go. Um, so maybe the winner of that, that match gonna, face Mercedes Monet. I don't is know. Is that going to be the next match at Coliseum? By the way, Tony Khan, you'll never listen to this, but on the off chance that somebody does forward this to him, and I hope they do, Tony Khan, right? Instead of sitting there masturbating yourself silly over silly American football teams that aren't very good, how about you book Sky Smithson versus Nadia Sapphire at Wembley Stadium in the opener, and the winner faces Mercedes Monet later in the evening for the uh, what is she still the um the IWGP Women's? Uh, she's she still is because her next defense is on this Sunday, and and um, if she wins, great. That's if super wins, Slam. If she w- it's um Stardom's got weird names for their shows. I think this is all. St- all star queendom or something like that. I know Stardom has like some very confusing names for certain shows. But um... well, bottom line is book it, Tony Khan. Stop touching yeah. yourself, silly, and and book it. Do it now. <laughs> Otherwise, I'll fly over there and slap you with my pengus. We, know, we know who Tony Khan's gonna fucking book against Mercedes Monet though, and it's gonna be fucking boring. He's gonna book Soraya. <laughs> yeah, probably. I mean, the thing is, whether we find it boring or not, it will draw money. Yeah. It will make money. That's the bottom line. And also, you know, Soraya has to be in a prominent position on this car. She just does. Same with, by the way, Pac should be in the main Yes, I was just going to mention But he won't be. Apparently, people are saying, yeah, he's going to face Sean Spears. Am I the only one who thinks that's an absolute waste? I like Sean Spears a lot, but no. Like... I'd want to see Pac challenge for a title, whether it Pac be... has to go over as a champion. He's not going to win the world title, even though he should, because ultimately, in my opinion, he's the best wrestler in the world. Yeah. But it's that thing of, um, and also at this point, the most underrated wrestler in the world, because he just never gets fucking utilized properly. Again, <laughs> roster split. Never mind that. How about giving more TV time to Pac instead of crying? By the way, Dave Meltzer, shut up, you tart. I, I see him on podcasts crying and whining. CM Punk's toxic. CM Punk this. CM Punk, mate, honestly, you are obsessed. It's not healthy. CM Punk, Punk fucked off. He said he was too tired and he was tired of working with kids. Fuck off. Eddie Kingston said it best. It's like, nobody wants you here. Like Eddie Kingston fucking chewed him up and spat him out in that promo last year. Bottom line is whether you like CM Punk or not, Dave Meltzer, please shut up. Like, just, just be quiet, mate. It's so boring at this point. Do what you do best, which is reporting on the news. Stop making up stupid little fucking bullshit and uh, egging on people and rumors and talking about. You know, he's talking about how, oh, you know, CM Punk needs to show more respect in the locker room, blah blah blah. And I'm like, the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega are toxic as fuck. And the sooner we realize that, the better. They, but we're not going to because all the woke fans love them because they go on Twitch and they play video games. Oh boy, shut up, you bunch of nerds. Come and masturbate to hentai. Sorry, it's not hentai, it's art, apparently. <laughs>
Uh, Biggie has provided an update on his neck injuries. Um, it's just a complicated fracture, he said. Fracture, he said. I broke my C1 in two places. A Jefferson fracture is what it's called. Uh, it <laughs> Thomas Jefferson soccer. It just takes a little more time to heal. The WWE star stated that he just completed a new set of scans with his doctors and is now waiting to sit down with them and figure out what comes next in terms of his recovery. But he did say that from his perspective, he feels great. He has no function issues. He has no pain issues. And he's been in the gym since two weeks after breaking his neck. He says he feels great. But unfortunately, the body needs to be in a certain condition condition to deal with the rigors of being in the ring on a nightly basis and he's obviously not there yet however he's been keeping himself busy he's part of the wwe program uh, next in line which recruits college athletes and of course there's been a slew of incredible athletes that they've uh, picked up lately including a pair of uh, twin sisters i believe who play uh, college or collegiate basketball so yeah some some stars for the future now so yeah biggie Get get what's in, bro. I, I love Biggie. Come so. back when you're ready, and if you're not ready, that's cool. He's We're got, all, we'll all like over. On the New Day podcast, he had some of the best moments of like the most prominent being big meaty men slapping meat. But it was also, I think, my favorite um, when they were doing like TV show of like tier list of like all brackets of like which TV show is the best. And Xavier Woods just mentioned that um, Goldberg was in an episode of CSI. And Biggie's just like, oh, it's CSI's going through. It's got an episode with Goldberg. It's just, he just puts his hand on Kofi's chest. He's like, Goldberg? Is that, did, did he say Goldberg? And like, just, Biggie's <laughs> love for Goldberg is, is one of the best things ever. Because even you see in like, I think in the backstage clip of Biggie saying to Goldberg, of like, you're one of my heroes. I've still got this, the 8 by 10 you gave me. And it, It'd be it's the one match that I think Biggie like deserves to come back because as much as people don't like Goldberg, it'd be it'd be it'd be similar to like um Eddie Kingston recently wrestling Junakiyama. It'd be like a dream come true for Biggie to be able to wrestle Goldberg. Right. Just quickly, let's try and power through these fast. Um so Drew McIntyre has gone dark on Twitter, removing WWE references from his profile. Do we think that Drew McIntyre's had enough of creative and had enough of working for the company, as many fans are trying to suggest? Um, I can't really comment because it's because it... should he be disparaged with how he's been booked over the last couple of years? I don't think so. Because what I do still... we what do we think about the theory that putting both belts on Roman Reigns, therefore not allowing a world champion to be a part of both shows, has um, essentially uh, cut him off at the hamstrings? It's cut a few people off from the hamstrings, not just Drew. But I think I, I think like Clash at the because it's it, there's been like a few moments through Roman's reign now where entire the castle, where where it's like you feel that oh the, like Drew at Clash at the castle coming out to broken dreams the entrance the hype you're like Drew's gonna be the one to beat him then you had Sammy so Sigma. The fact that you guys got to sing along with that and see your life. Now it's mine. It's, it's yeah, good shit. Oh, yeah. we love a bit of depressed Drew. <laughs> it was just, it was just that, and then, and then it's like Sami Zayn elimination chamber. You're like, Sami's gonna be the one. Now, recently, Cody Rhodes. It's kind of like okay, Cody imagine... Rhodes will get it eventually. He will get it, I think. Yeah. By the way, news uh, reports suggesting that the heavy favorite to win Money in the Bank right now is L.A. Knight. What do you think? Oh fuck yes, fuck yes, do it, do it. Apparently, he is like you know the bookies are. He is the odds-on favorite. Dummy, yeah. E Y Blake, yeah. <laughs> I've got, really? I've got, I've, I've got all the love for L.A. Knight. The pop that he gets each week. 
but he, he, the fact that he was off WrestleMania is a fucking crime. Well, that's what happens when you wrestle in a Mountain Dew match. <laughs> yeah, I, I still love, I still uh, love the edit that I think Promo Joe made, where he changed it to the Mountain Dew Pitch Blackman match, and it's just, and it's just LA Knight doing the Steve Blackman just with the stick. Yes, the drums in this the night. gets it. Just drums in the night. I'm like, that's fu-. I'm like, that's such a pod. good. I'm like, that's More. such a good fucking edit. More Steve Blackman references on this pod. Yeah, the lethal weapon. The, the bounty hunter. I fucking love Steve Blackman so much. Eric Bischoff apparently once vowed in catering that he would not be happy and he would not rest until he had driven a stake through the heart of Vince McMahon. <laughs> I do I do not I do not put that past Eric Bischoff. Apparently Tony Schiavone reported this recently on a podcast. <laughs> he said that he doesn't know if uh, Eric Bischoff remembers this, but this was during the infamous moment where they were ripping on Mick Foley winning the title and, you know, that famously changed the uh, landscape of Monday Night Raw and the war. Um, but yeah, uh, Eric Bischoff said he'd drive a stake for the heart of Vince McMahon. I believe it. Absolutely, I believe it. I know Ted Turner certainly wanted to. I want to kick Vince's butt. <laughs> uh, by the way, finally... Finally, uh, backstage paranoia apparently at WWE Raw this week. Uh, a new report suggests several backstage segments involving female talents were cut from this week's episode of WWE Raw, which, by the way, did reasonably well in the ratings, leaving some talent who recently returned to the company nervous about seeing more potential changes now that WWE Chairman Vince McMahon has been increasingly present backstage. New report from PW Insiders Mike Johnson, who is a very credible source, said that there has been a slightly bubbling paranoia in recent weeks, especially among the WWE talent who returned once Triple H took over creative control last year. Uh, Bailey was reportedly pulled from a segment on Raw this week, while fans in attendance of Raw after WrestleMania show reported that Seth Rollins was flustered and walked out of the show after his segment was interrupted by an apparently unexpected commercial break. Cannot confirm whether that is kayfabe or not. Um, it also oh, It is also worth pointing out, excuse me, WWE draft, of course, begins on April the 28th on SmackDown and will obviously conclude with the May the first episode of Raw the following Monday. And people are saying that this will herald the official beginning of Triple H under creative control of WWE uh, with everybody on tap. Do you think the draft is a good thing to do right now? Certainly stirs up a lot of attention, doesn't it? It'd be cool, but I think the last time the draft was effective was back in 2016. That was like the last time. It the never, draft... ever. It, it like most things in WWE, you never top the first. Mm. I remember the first draft with the Undertaker being taken number one yeah. by Ric Flair. You know, I remember that. Like, I must admit, one of the coolest moments was when um, John Cena switched to Raw uh, during the highlight reel for Chris Jericho. That was a big fucking moment, big deal. Uh, there has been some great moments. I particularly enjoyed when NXT talents were brought in and stuff yeah. like that. I'd like to see a more prominent position for a lot of the... you got to think Braun Breaker's going to get I dropped. was going to say, do you think it's going to be Braun Well, he's dropped the belt as the Carmelo Hayes. Um, yeah, looks like it'd be interesting. Uh, NXT, by the way. Bubbling along, not doing as well as I would like, but one thing I will say is, my God, Isla Dawn. I'm going to say one person who I think, because I just read the report, I think Tyler Bates going to be involved in the draft. Do you know what? I would put him with the Brawling Brutes. Oh, yeah. Because I worry that he hasn't got enough charisma to be by himself. Wrestling-wise, phenomenal. Don't think he's got the personality. Don't like the Zen gimmick either. Make him more unhinged. Put him with Pete Dunne as a tag team, and instantly you've got yourself a really high-end, credible British tag team that can yeah. work SmackDown or Raw. That's good shit, pal. 
uh yeah especially if there because there is apparently going to be a lot of breakups and things like that tag teams being broken up so why not build one and make you know the brawl and brutes an even more hefty faction maybe uh get some new people aligned with gunter or something you know maybe have the other two members of imperium shoot over to raw you know there's loads of things loads of things you could do be interesting to see i, I wouldn't be surprised if new day are drafted back to the main roster because they've been on nxt for a little while now okay Although Xavier Woods, I believe, is facing Gunter on SmackDown. Yeah, yeah, because with Kofi being out with the ankle injury and now B- and Biggie still with the neck, Woods is well, on his own. R.I.P. Xavier Woods is all I have to say about that. You can, you I, can... I, I, I think it will be a good match. Uh, I think... Oh yeah, it'll also be a good burial because Gunter yeah. will destroy him because he is a small little boy in comparison. Yeah, but... yeah, he, yeah, he's not as he's not as like tall as Gunther, but Austrian still... beast. <laughs> As we used to call him when the British Indies, when we say big, scary Austrian man. There's a lot of beef. Big, scary Austrian man. You know what your problem is, Ben? You just don't have the beef. <laughs> uh, by the way, uh, Rhea Ripley staring down Silas Car and Raw this week made me violently erect. Um, that, was one of my, uh, that was one of my favorite moments because I recently watched the SmackDown from April 7th of when uh, Triple H is introducing the Judgment Day. And it's like, puts his hand on Rhea's shoulder, gives, Domin- gives Dominic and Damien Priest a handshake, and then just looks at Finn and gives Finn a too sweet. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, it's like Finn's Finn's the real one. It's like Finn's He's his still boy. the dad, isn't he? He's still <laughs> everyone's dad. Those, are his, those <laughs> are his children, you know? The Judgment Day pretty much exclusively developed by Triple H. I don't I don't I think they're a big deal now. I think they're getting I don't I don't want them split up in the draft because I fuck it. I I I do adore them. I think Rhea Ripley might currently have my favorite theme in WWE. Do you know what the biggest fantasy booking thing is? I want NXT the draft edge. I think that would be cool. I think he doesn't need to be on the main roster as much as I'd love to see one more title reign. I think it would be fucking cool if he went down there and just had match of the year candidates with all of their best talents. If not Edge, do you know who I'd like to see in NXT then instead of Edge? Akira Tozawa. AJ Styles. Oh, fuck that guy. (laughs) (laughs) Who's that? Some scrub. (laughs) AJ Styles hasn't been around for a while, has he? He's been very quiet. The draft is a great opportunity to bring back people who may be ready to go that haven't been on TV for a little while. You know, Uh, Riddle's obviously back and making a good account of himself. I think they should just just stick with the draft because it made no sense when you had the draft and then four to five months later you had superstar shake-up. It's like, we don't fucking need this. Get in the fucking bin. It's like have a draft like maybe once every two years so that it feels fresh. And when the draft comes around, you're like, ooh, what's happening now? Who's the new storylines? Yeah. Yeah. Any other business? Anything you want to talk about quickly before we wrap it up? I've been binge watching through the Mad Max films. I've only seen Fury Road. How many are there? Um, oh, you mean the uh, Mel Gibson ones? Yeah, because they're um, okay. all. I've only all... seen Fury Road, which for me yeah. is an absolute certifiable. I've point. I've got about twenty minutes left of Fu- or no, fifteen minutes left of Fury Road. Fucking love it. It is good. It it's probably the best one because the thing is, Mad Max one is is a good origin story. Road Warrior is interesting, and then Beyond Thunderdome's Beyond Thunderdome. Beyond Thunderdome. Beyond Thunderdome. It's a fucking classic. It's fucking great. Beyond Thunderdome. Two men enter, one man leaves, and it's Tina Turner. It's Tina Turner, looking looking very very voluptuous and hot. 
she had like I always remember my stepdad John. He's eighty four now, yeah. and um, he always would go on about Tina Turner's legs when I was a kid. Yeah. And now I can see what he means. Like yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. She is. She was a spicy mama. Yeah. Is she still alive, Tina Turner? I she? think so. I think so. <laughs> it's really that. sad that we have to ask that in this day and age because we worry about it. Um, but yeah, she's yeah, she is still alive. She's a... yeah, she's, she's a year one. younger than uh, your stepdad. She's eighty three. Yeah, she is a wow. Like I'll tell you what, talk about somebody who changed the culture of what it meant yeah. to be a black singer. Amazing, absolutely yeah, amazing. Do you know who else was was who like changed that for me? And it was after seeing Blues Brothers, Aretha Franklin. Yeah, Blues Brothers, by the way, greatest film of all time. I, I love Blues Brothers. My top five. Um, yeah, it, I, it I just is incredible. yeah. We're on a mission. Oh, by the way, God. Tina Turner, probably the most underrated Bond song of all time. What was her Bond song again? Golden Eye, I found his secret. Oh, love, oh, fucking I love, love God, I love Tom Jones Thunderball. That's fucking sick. Skyfall's uh, actually really good. Skyfall's um, good. Yeah. I like uh, Sam by the way, um, on the wall. Duran Duran, mate, a view to a kill. Yeah, uh, gold Goldfinger's Goldfinger. <laughs> Goldfinger might be my Goldfinger's favorite. like Shirley Bassey, isn't it? That is. Yeah, um, Shirley that's Bassey. Like that's just next level classic. You know, yeah. not necessarily the greatest song of all time, but iconic for different reasons. Yeah. Um, actually, when you think about it, some of these are from Russia with Love, by the way, by Matt Monroe was fucking fantastic. What was the song for Man with the Golden Gun? Uh, no clue. Yeah, because that was um, that's Christopher Lee's one when he's Scaramanga. He's so good at Scaramanga. I love Christopher Lee's. The fact that that I think um, Ian, I forget the name of the author now. Shit, of the of Bond. Yeah, that that Christopher Lee was di- was the direct inspiration for Bond. Lulu sang a uh, man with a golden gun. Oh, okay, that's cool. It's pretty sick. What I love about it is how they always have truly one of the great pop culture pop culture icons. Excuse yeah. me. Um, but I yeah. Watched, by the way, uh, tomorrow never dies by Sheryl Crow. Yeah, yeah. I watched it. Great. Live and let dies. Live the, and let. I die. have to say, the worst one for me is probably um, uh, Madonna's one, um, "Die Another Day." Okay, I I watched No Time to Die recently and I enjoyed it, but I haven't I seen did... that. I haven't seen any Daniel Craig yeah. films other than Spectre. Spectre's need to get good. on that because I love James Bond. I need to sit down and work. Skyfall. Spectre, I love. Skyfall, Javier Bardem. Javier Bardem is so fucking good as the villain. Like one of the best Bond villains, Javier Bardem. Uh, Casino Royale's great because of Mads Mikkelsen. Um, yeah, he's and, fucking sick. Yeah, Quantum of Solace is okay. I don't remember Quantum Quantum of Solace. All well, like Quant- well. By the way, Quantum of Solace, one of the worst Bond games of all time. Yeah. <laughs> I then... still I still completed it, but my god, what a clusterfuck of shite! Yeah. Like, just and a then... terrible, terrible game. Yeah, and then I wasn't. And No Time to Die is good. It felt it felt really long in parts, but it's just Christoph Waltz as Blofeld might be top tier casting because <laughs> Christoph Waltz is just such a great actor. I found an interesting article here. Uh, Lulu would probably rather you didn't remind her of the accolade, admitting she thinks her effort is the worst song in the franchise's history. Oh, really? I think it's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Billie Eilish's one is okay. I I really liked Sam Smith for Spectre writing on the wall. You'll love this. You'll love this. In the same article, when Lulu was then reminded of Madonna's 2002 track, Die Another Day, the shout singer then piped up, oh yes, hers was pretty bad. (laughs) 
Lulu burying Madonna is what I'm here for. I forgot the song for Moonraker because Moonraker was pretty good. Uh, Probably Madonna and I had the worst, and that's the only time Madonna and I could be grouped together on anything. (laughs) Oh, oh, Moonraker was Shirley Bassey as well. Sam Smith's writing on the wall is pretty good as well. I really liked writing on the wall. It's part of my gym. Although Sam Smith needs to calm the fuck down. Yeah. Fisher them, right? Fisher them. I, I mean, I personally don't give a shit how he yeah, dresses, I don't but care. be age appropriate for your audience. That's the only thing I'll maybe say. Um, yeah. but I, I find him quite funny at this point. He's like a, a weird ass gold dust wrestling heel. It's quite funny. <laughs> get him, get him on Raw dressed like that. <laughs> I want to see the reaction. Like him versus Logan Paul, mate. That's got money written all over it. Sam Logan Smith Paul versus, versus Sam Rollins. Smith in fishnets. That's what Rollins. I want. Seth Rollins. Uh he he just bores me now. He's becoming too generic. I like I like I still like. Oh, I like him. him. He's a great worker. I like the character, but I do feel like he's becoming a bit one-dimensional with a. Who's, who's that <laughs> big guy in NXT who would wear fishnets? Uh oh, the, the Ultimate Diva guy, or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what really annoys me about him? Like, so I don't mind the character. I think it's very cool that he's open about his sexuality and stuff like that. I just don't think he's that good a worker. I just don't think he's yeah. very good. His matches are okay at best, you know. But there's so many guys there that I'd rather see. I'll tell you who I hate in NXT. That bird who fucking um who wears pajamas and goes to sleep. Oh, that's, Wendy Chu. That, she's who so was fun. who was who was the fucking uh, Mystic Lady for? Uh, I want to see Rhea Ripley rip her arms off. Yeah, because it was a yeah, because she yeah, because before she was Wendy Chu, she was the mystic lady for um Zia Lee, right? Oh, is that who she was? <laughs> yeah, she yeah, she was the lady who'd sit in the chair and look fucking menacing as hell. Yeah, they had something going there, but unfortunately, these culture things just don't seem to work in WWE because yeah. most of their fans are inbred rednecks. Uh, you know, Chinese people get off my TV. Mm-hmm. I'm a fucking shotgun this beer. <laughs> yeah, fucking. I'm gonna shoot squirrels in their nuts with my 357 Magnum. Hoorah! Uh, okay. Uh, yeah. Anything else? So are we done? Uh, I think we're done because we are done. We are done. Good. Right. Well, shut up then, and I'll do the closing. <laughs> Ladies <laughs> and gentlemen, thank you very much for watching the State of Ethnic slash Wrestling Address. Tanvir Verdi has been once again a magnificent co-host and we thank him dearly for coming on the SOWA, the Sour. And there's a lot of people running around that are sour at the moment about me. I can tell you that much, hon. But from myself, Aaron Nix, and from Tanvir, thank you very much for watching and we will catch you very soon for more content from the Wrestle Plug. Fucking right up there! The, the old Jaws of Life! The George Takei special! <laughs> why, why do you need doubles? Like... <laughs> That speaks, that speaks more to your sex life than it does mine. <laughs> the, the double. I'll spock myself, thank you very much. <laughs> I spock. What do you just do? Oh. I can derelict <laughs> my own balls, thank you very much. <laughs> I can jerk myself off, thank you.